Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Ah, change. Change is good. You know, why don't you go first so I don't have to? You know, this podcast set out to explore all the different ways we navigate change. Change is something different than it was before, an altered state. Change management as a process. So if you have been hanging out with me on these episodes, this is number 77 called Stop Doing. Over the last few years, as I've worked with organizations during what has felt like nonstop change, right? Change is not a new topic. That has always existed. Although certainly in recent years, we've had more forces pushing at us in new ways. And so as a result, our techniques and tools have to adapt if we're going to successfully persist. And as I have the honor to spend time with companies and working with leaders and talking to team members, that while they're going through the process of change, There is one important point that I always try to ask about and then wrap a plan with. And that is, while we are navigating especially large, substantial change, there are probably some things we shouldn't be doing at the same time. One of the pieces of advice for leaders for a long time, from myself, from others in the field, have been leaders, as you're planning out large change, figure out what else can wait. Because if you're really going to put the emphasis on that bigger, more substantial initiative that has to happen, if that needs to take the focus and the energy from the team, then are there some other things that can wait till later? So you stage this. You don't roll six things out at once. You roll out one or two or one significant one and then decide, do two, three, and four need to happen? When? Because you want that first one or second one or the big one to be successful. And certainly within complex organizational systems, there is lots of simultaneous change. I want you to consider today, during times of change, what do you need to stop doing or not do so that you can focus on what's most important? Now, we can look at this at two levels, at the individual level and at the team level. And then I'm going to put a couple in the middle that connect the two. What can we do, believe it or not, as mere mortals, as an individual, during times of lots of change, what do you not need to do? Now, this doesn't give you permission, I'm going to say this with a sense of humor, to stop doing something because you don't want to do it. And then somebody says, hey, that was important. Why did you stop doing it? And you can say, Selena told me so. And here's her podcast address, (laughs) right? But you need to think about what are you doing that is just not necessary, not priority. Hmm. Single focus. 
becomes really important. So one of the things we could stop doing is multitasking. Encouraging each other to focus on one task at a time and owning that for ourselves. Multitasking reduces quality of work and efficiency. As humans, we were not designed to multitask. Many of us have learned that single tasking gets us better results. Some of us are still claiming to be multitaskers. And I get in so many of our environments, you feel like you have to. I like repositioning that statement is as, what is the most important thing you need to focus on right now and give that your all? If you have to reserve 10% for scanning the environment and keeping your eye on a couple of things, I get that. But during times of change, your focus becomes that much more critical. What you pay attention to matters. We also may need to stop the over-analysis. While analysis is important, I want good data-driven decisions, overdoing it can lead to paralysis. So you need to know when to move from planning to action. So on your, I shouldn't do this anymore during heavy, hard, shifting times of change, know when to let go. Someone sing the song for me because I won't sing it for you on here. Let it go. We need to limit distractions. So find a space that allows you to focus on what is most important. Implement, if you are able to in your role, some think time, some uninterrupted time if possible, or at least implementing a short time period multiple times, hopefully where you can Focus on where your attention needs to go, that project, that initiative, finding a solution to a problem, stop or limit those distractions. I think it's also important under the theme of let it go to halt the pursuit of perfection. I know that I am honored with some listeners who love doing it so well. Striving for perfection too often can be counterproductive. We have to decide what is good enough. Now, I love excellence. I love high quality. And yet, I may be overproducing something that that extra perfection doesn't add value. When my adult daughter was four in preschool, four going on five, we had a meet the teacher and come visit the classroom night as the first part of the school year was underway. And she had been in class for a few months at this point and We're standing there having a conversation with her teacher, who we still know and see occasionally, and asked how our daughter was doing. And the teacher did explain to us that our daughter was missing out on recess time. And we said, why would that be? She doing something she's not supposed to be doing or, or what is causing that? And the teacher smiled and looked at us and said, She insists on drawing every blade of grass. And that over-expectation of perfection is causing her to lose some recess time. 
Now, while I am convinced that is one of her strengths in this world, like all strengths, there is often what we call a shadow side or the downside to at what point in time is that strength now a vulnerability? We have to know to what standard. I don't want you to be confusing with that. So as we transition this from what individuals do to teams do, if we shift our definition of what is quality or what is good enough or what what does that look like to whoever we're producing or serving for, if it was not okay a month ago, but now it's okay and our standard changes, we need to talk about that. During times of change, we have to decide what gets our attention. And at some point, we are insisting on drawing every blade of grass to a point that it is now having a cost because we're missing out on something else. Now, I am happy to say she's all grown up now, and that might still be an issue. In fact, it showed up all the way through her K-12 academics because she wanted to do so well that sometimes we had to have conversations about, okay, we respect that. I don't want you to lower your standards for what you believe is important. And yet there are times you may need to recognize that a different type of effort is okay because that's going to get you what you need for this outcome. There is one more technique I want to mention under individual stop doing techniques right now, and that is to limit or stop setting unrealistic deadlines. Those timelines can weigh heavy on us, and we want to make sure they're realistic and not putting unnecessary pressure on you or the people around you. One of my favorite concepts with that is called self-imposed pressure. I don't know where the concept came from. Would love to give credit for it. But self-imposed pressure is the fact that sometimes in an effort to please or an effort to do great work, we put some pressure on ourselves. So if you are my client and I am providing a service to you or you're my customer and I'm providing a product or you're a team member, a coworker of mine, I might say to you, when would you like to have this done? Well, then you can tell me. But self-imposed pressure is I change that question to a statement. And I say, I would love to get that done for you. Tell you what, I'll have it done for you by 4.30 this afternoon. In my effort to please you, I impose a deadline instead of asking you that first question. So you go, oh, sounds good. All right. Well, now I'm thinking in my head, God, I got a meeting till three. That's going to take me 45 minutes to put together. But I've got this other phone call I need to make for something else I promised. And all of a sudden, my deadline is now causing me some stress. Now, sometimes that may need to happen. But if we could reduce the number of times that has to happen, that might be a win. For example, if I ask you, when would you like to have this available to you? Or when do you need this by? And you say, hey, tell you what, I'm taking the afternoon off. Could you do it by noon tomorrow morning? Absolutely. I just got myself an additional probably six hours out of that by letting you answer the question first. 
Now, if you said, hey, Selena, my meeting's at 7.30 tomorrow morning, could you get it to me by the end of the day? Then that allows me to reprioritize my schedule to say, yes, this is important enough to me that it will be in your inbox by 7.30 tomorrow morning. Or if you said it was at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, could I get you to 10 so we could review any, any changes so you were ready for your meeting? Absolutely. When priorities are conflicting, we have to choose what goes first. And there are just simply some things you can stop doing. Other areas to pay attention, you may want to look at your email. Email overload is one of the things that can create that tough set of expectations for feeling overwhelmed, like all of this stuff is going on. What do I need to stop doing? We need to promote an email culture that doesn't expect immediate responses unless that is what was needed based on a set of criteria that we've agreed to. There are just simply during times of relentless change, we need to discontinue, set aside low value tasks, regularly review tasks and eliminate those that no longer add value to the team or whatever your project goals are. And one of the things that I see within organizations is the risk that when we get overwhelmed and there's all of this change going on and we feel like we've got this endless to-do list, we isolate. Anyone else notice that? We actually would do better. Now, we all need some think time. Like I said that earlier, I get that. But encourage that cross-departmental collaboration and communication. When we're working in isolation or or just in our lane, in our silos, we might be duplicating efforts and miss some opportunities that actually would get us some time back. During times of change, one of the things you should stop doing is lessening your communication, isolating, or working without connections to somebody else. Hmm. Which one stands out to you you so far? Anyone here recognize something? You're like, I just did that today. I just did this today. How do we keep it top of mind? How can you pick one of these and say, yeah, this one, this is a significant change coming up. How could you ask coworkers of that, right? You can't stop running a report because you don't think it has value and somebody else might be counting on it. It is, though, something we need to talk about. During this upcoming change, what are some things that are low priority, low value? It doesn't mean that we can't come back to them later, but it shifts. What are some things we need to stop doing? If you are in formal leadership roles, you could... Add a few more things to this list I'm sharing with you. Reduce the number of meetings. Do a meeting audit. Scale back to free up some time for more more important tasks. And if you're going to have meetings, run them well so they actually get some work done. If you need some help with that, give me a call. Drop me a note. Uh, Eliminate some unnecessary processes. This is a great time to review and streamline processes. If there are steps that don't add value or are redundant, remove them. Put a hold on less critical projects. Identify those actions or projects that are not urgent 
and can can be postponed. It's not a no, it's a not now. Halt non-essential training. If you want people to learn, they need to not be overwhelmed. Postponing training sessions that are not immediately relevant to the current priorities could be considered. Just make sure you're not cutting something that's actually going to build for long-term capacity or capabilities. Limit scope creep. Be vigilant about scope creep in projects which can divert attention from the main objectives. If you're not familiar with the term scope creep, it is wonderful to explore. And it's one of the things that I've really had to work on over the years because in our effort to be nice, in our effort to be service providers, when we have a specific project with a scope or an assignment with a scope, a set of tasks and deliverables that needs to get done, in our effort to be kind and good and and, um, supportive, we say things like, oh, I could do that. And then you ask another question. I could do that too. And then you ask for something else. So the project it needs something added. Well, we could do that. And all of a sudden in a creepy, right? Not creepy, creeping way, our scope project that was only so big just expanded because we took on things that might have not been within scope originally, but we added to it. It's a great concept in project management. If you'd like to know more about it, I can, I can share more, oh, but it's a great place to recognize how do you keep things in scope. During times of change, we need employee feedback. We need to make sure we are not overcommitting resources. So listen in. If we collect feedback and not act on it, it can cause some serious disconnects. And we need to make sure we're not over-allocating resources to too many initiatives at once. This does lead to burnout and reduced quality of work. So we need to go to the people closest to the process, especially during times of change. We need to understand what our communication plan will look like. Too frequently, waste time. Too little, creates doubt. Find balance in the frequency and the depths of the updates. We do need to make sure we're not changing goals too frequently. I do see examples in organization where there's a bit of a whiplash going on figuratively, where first it's this, no, we're doing this, now we're doing that, and people can't get any steady, and the steady is what gets us muscle memory. The steady is what gives us refinement and confidence and competence. Don't change goals too frequently. Other things we can look at during times of change, some things to stop doing, limit excessive documentation. Of course, while documentation is important, overdoing it can be time-consuming. We need to make sure what exactly needs to be documented and prioritize that. During times of change, it's also a great time to stop neglecting team well-being. If you were to ask me right now, what's one of the most common, most requested topics happening is how do we create team well-being? If the focus is solely on productivity and deadlines, team morale and mental health will suffer. Ensure that well-being is also a priority. By identifying and stopping some of these activities, whatever you can work on first, 
teams can create more space and energy to concentrate on what truly matters, leading us, by the way, to better outcomes and a more engaged workforce. It helps us align these efforts better towards what's most important, getting us ultimately to effectiveness. Stop doing something today. Take a deep breath. Learn something too. This is Dr. Selena. And P.S. Postscript. Many of us remember that from letter writing days. As we have said in the last five seasons, we are still smashing mental health stigmas. Be well.